The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. We are back. Voices of Unity live from the tower at Unity Village. And on the phone, I have our very spectacular guest today, our national treasure, my great aunt Dolores Huerta. Welcome, Dolores. Uh, hi, Jackie. How are you doing over there? Good. So glad to get you on in this of little technical difficulties right at the top. But but we are good. We're here. And I'm so thrilled to have you, of course, especially on the Cinco de Mayo. Thank you so much. I, I know a lot of things going on today. Yeah, I bet you are book solid. I am. I'm, it's, uh, if you're the first one, we're starting off the morning, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, with beautiful Jackie, <laughs> and then we're going to go right on until the late evening. Uh, there's a big Cinco de Mayo celebration. I think it's already started, actually, with a lot of celebrities, uh, Latino celebrities. Awesome. So, and, and, all, so then, and you're doing it all by distance, right? Yes, everything is being by distance. And then we've got uh, uh, two other events uh, back-to-back. Actually, we've got four Five Cinco de Mayo events today. Ah, that's amazing. You know, and so I just want to, like, presence right now for those of you, you know, listening who may not realize that um, on April 10th, um, my Aunt Dolores turned 90 years old. And so you just heard her describe her social calendar. And and I have to say, you know, that's a reduced calendar like we all are kind of experiencing right now as we're, you know, under shelter-in-place orders. Um, But as you can hear, she is still very active and and out and about in the world, whether it's virtually or in person. Person when possible. Um, Dolores, I have on the line someone who you know and love very much, um, the Secretary of Labor, Delia Garcia. Louie, go ahead and bring Delia on. Delia? Muy buenos dias, everyone. How are you? Ah, wonderful. Thank you for joining Voices of Unity. I wanted to bring you on. Thank you so much for making time. I know you are super swamped right now as Secretary of Labor for the state of Kansas, but I know you have a really special relationship with my um, Auntie Dolores, and I just wanted you to be able to um, take part in celebrating her birthday today uh, with us. It's, you know, April 10th, but she's 90, so we got to celebrate all year long. All year round. Yes. I'll, I'll be out in the <laughs> So yeah, tell us. I want, to, I want to give Delia a big old air hug, and you too, Jackie. A big old mm-hmm. air hug to both of you because you're uh, both such very, very special people in my life. Oh, thank you so much. And so, Delia, tell us, you know, when you first met Dolores, and and what started that very special relationship between the two of you. Yes, and thank you, Reverend uh, Fernandez, and all the Voices of Unity uh, for doing this call on, on Cinco de Mayo with a fitting day uh, for our dear Dolores. I um, I met I first met Dolores when I was um, an intern for the DNC um, in the August of 2000 in Los Angeles, and I remember when I met her, I was so like uh, quiet and shocked, and I like my, my mouth was dropped, and I couldn't really. I only said was hi, <laughs> but it was such an impactful because I had read and looked up to her. And then fast forward four years, um, I met her in uh, September 2004 in Washington D.C when I was running for state representative at the time, and that was the first year I got elected in the Kansas House of Representatives um, at a young age, the youngest um, at the age of 27. And I just remember uh, we became homies immediately, and she became my mentor. And when I did finally get elected in 2004, November, I constantly was able to um, lean on her, um, cry, call her and cry to her and vent and ask for advice and she was just amazing and gracious and as busy as you know she is. Oh, yeah. She always gave me that time, and I want to always emulate the same because uh, you know, the most important thing are people and, and working people. And um, I saw the impact that she did with my own family, a farm worker family, and just workers in general. And so now uh, that the governor has appointed me as the Secretary of Labor, I want to carry uh, and very serious about sharing that sentiment for our workers and our union families who make, um, you know, a lot of stuff possible, like weekends, like 40-day hour breaks, like FMLA, and all these other things we enjoy that sometimes people 
uh, tend to not remember um, mm-hmm. what the unions are. We have been great for and people who are at the front of that, like Dolores Huerta um, back in the day. So carrying on her her legacy. Um, and it was exciting to have Dolores here and, and Jackie as well. In um, early January, we thought to do this, and I'm glad we got ahead of oh, time. Oh, I know it. Because we didn't know it was going to happen. But we actually celebrated Lola's Huerta's birthday early. Yes. You know, I like to celebrate her birthday all the time. <laughs> but we did um, make history as well with Dolores here in Kansas, where we, um, uh, the governor, Laura Kelly, have, has made a proclamation for April 10th to now be in the state of Kansas the Lotus Huerta Day of Service, um, and even though it was going on through pandemic, we still honored the Lotus uh, Day of Service on April 10th by getting information out about the census yes. and contacting people on social media and via text, at least 10 people. Um, so our director, the executive director of the Kansas Hispanic Latino Affairs Commission, uh, really led that effort as well. Um, and so we were uh, excited to do that and continue doing that. As we know, the census is important for the rest of the year. And, you know, Dolores is like the bomb.com, so we have to celebrate her all year round. <laughs> so we're going to keep celebrating Dolores' birthday, honoring her, and doing some birthday celebrations as we continue to socially come back and safely do this. I just wanted to thank uh, Dolores and tell you I love you and the whole family. And uh, you're always welcome here in Kansas or wherever I live. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I love you, too. And, by the way, Jackie, uh, Jackie has a birthday very, very soon. Oh, oh, we got more reasons to celebrate. Okay. I'm looking forward Next to Wednesday. it. Next Wednesday. Okay. We will we will be in it. Thank you so much, Delia, for making time to to come into the to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you know Jackie and Delia was uh responsible for having the state of Kansas uh, uh make a Dolores for today of service in the uh, in the state of Kansas for my birthday. Yes, yes, and that's what she was talking about. And it just, you know, it, it we're it's such a wonderful time in Kansas, you know, to be Latina. Governor Kelly um, has just taken many specific steps and, you know, a real outward practice of that um, value that we hold of inclusive, inclusivity and diversity. And she has brought a lot of um, leaders, Latino and Latino le- leaders, into the forefront. And, um, and of course, following um, Delia's lead on getting this uh, proclamation passed, you know, she just went right right for it. So a big shout out to Governor <laughs> Kelly, too, for her efforts. Um, and, you know, and I, I we do have another guest that will be coming on very shortly. And um, but I want to, you know, for those who don't know, you, uh, I just want to give a little bit of background um, because a lot of people know um, Dolores Huerta from her work with the United Farm Workers. But, you know, she also has a foundation and she is the president and founder of the Dolores Huerta Foundation. And, you know, and this is not new work either. And so I want to bring that to the forefront. And Dolores, can you talk to us about because um, it's a really wonderful story of how you uh, came into the money to start this foundation because it was an award that was given to you. Uh, that's right. It was uh, the, the Puffin Foundation. Uh, they uh, gave me $100,000 uh, for creative citizenship. And uh, that was just such an such a incredible, incredible gift and, and such a surprise uh, for that happened. And I had uh, just uh, left the United Farm Workers just, uh, just before that happened. And so when I got this prize and $100,000, I thought, oh, my God, it's a dream come true. Uh, so I put the money into an escrow account, uh, you know, so that we wouldn't be able to touch it. And uh, then uh, we set up the paperwork. My son, Emilio, uh, worked out, is an attorney, and so he set up the foundation. And we, you know, put together a, a group of directors really, really fast, yeah. mostly family members. And uh, so we started the foundation. And uh, so we used that as our as our starting point. We hired staff, and we started doing some <clears throat> grassroots organizing. And, uh, and uh, the thing is, uh, the beautiful thing about doing grassroots organizing is that when you get you know get people motivated and they understand that they can do things, and, and then they go go out there and they do wonderful, wonderful things. It's just amazing once they understand that they have the power uh, yes. to change their lives and change their community. And it's it's so inspiring to see people coming together and, you know, going door to door, getting petitions. And uh, one of our biggest uh, victories that I'm so proud of is that one of our one of our team of our volunteers that we organized, they went and they went door to door and they got a brand new gymnasium built up for their middle school because they didn't have a gym. 
And here we have a lot of air pollution here. We're, we're down here in oil country, down here in Kern yeah. County, California, mm-hmm. in Bakersfield. And uh, so they were able to build a brand new gymnasium uh, for their middle school, a state-of-the-art gymnasium. Wow. You know, and it doesn't escape me that, you know, that the money that you got from the Puffin um, Foundation for Creative Citizenship, that there were no strings attached to that money, right? And so you really got into that, which is in so aligned, so much, uh, in alignment with the work that you do, but you got into that pay it forward mentality with that money, right? Instead of keeping it for yourself and, you know, using it personally for personal work. Well, it is very personal, but you, you use it to establish a foundation in which you're continuing your work in empowering people. And, you know, I love your, um, you know, the sort of rally cry that you, you ask people, you know, who has the power? We have the power and what kind of power? Yeah. That's a, people that's power. People do have, yes. Yeah. People have to learn that. And once that they realize that, and understand it, and, and, you know, they can really get motivated. And then, of course, you just have to coach them, okay, this is how you approach it, uh, board of supervisors, this is how you approach the city council, uh, this is how we do, you do the work to make these things happen. It's beautiful. And so for the foundation, um, you connect community-based organizing um, to, so really it's that grassroots organizing and connecting the people to state and national movements to register and educate voters, advocate for education reform, bring about infrastructure improvements in low-income communities, advocate for greater equality for the LGBTQ community, and of course, leadership development. Right, right. This is all, all the things we have to do. And then you could also, you know, try to get people engaged in making big policy changes also. Yes. And that's no small undertaking. And, you know, the work that, um, that I do as a minister and that, you know, is really is founded on the same principle. You know, you're talking about person power, people power, you know, and empowering individuals to really rise up into their own uh, potential, you know, is really the same concepts that we work with in ministry is, you know, people opening to that, um, you know, divine inheritance and really embodying that in, you know, an unselfish way, right? So that we all become lights in the world. Yes, and I think that there's kind of a, a, a dual philosophy, you might say, because uh, when you organize uh, people, uh, oh, this is common ordinary people. These are not like politicians or mm-hmm. college graduates, you know. These are like people, many of them never went to high school. Uh, many of them may not have any kind of a formal education at all, which doesn't mean that they're not smart. They're, pr- they're pr- pretty smart even that they don't have an education. But the one thing is that they have to have a lot of faith in themselves, yes. and then they have to have a lot of faith in in the universe and well, whatever God they pray to, yeah. uh, to you know, the, and, and so so that they, you know that, that this way they can know because they're doing things that are very foreign to them. Uh, they're going into territories that they've never traveled, mm-hmm. and so they do have to have a lot of faith uh, in in God and or, or you know, like somebody say the Creator. Yeah. Uh, uh, in order to be able to continue to do, because it gets kind of scary. Yeah. You know, once they start down this path of of uh, activism, they're going to get attacked, you know, from all different sides. And right. so sometimes uh, they it, they just create a lot of self doubt in people. But if you continue to have faith in yourself and and faith in God and faith in the universe, and the other thing is that when you organize people, there's a lot of enlightenment that happens. Uh, so when we go into these communities, oftentimes, you know, they're so restricted by their own uh, traditions of their families and, and and Jack, even sometimes the traditions of their religions, you know. Uh, so you have to enlighten them uh, to say it's okay to uh, to support women's reproductive rights. It's okay to uh, support your LGBT members of your community. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is a lot of the work that we do also is to kind of, I call it erasing the ignorance, you know, yes. that, that people have, uh, unfortunately, they have been, brought up in, in certain ways and they have a lot of prejudices and uh, that, that, they, that, that they have and so you have to try to eliminate those also. Yes, so much so. Well, Tia, we have another caller and this is also someone you know um, from Kansas, the mayor of Topeka. Uh, Louis, do we have the mayor on the line? Oh, is she not on the line? Hi. Oh, she's here. Yeah, she just is using Delia's phone so it looks like Delia on the line but this is uh, Michelle. Are you there? How are you guys? Yes. Michelle Delay. Hey, Michelle. How are you? 
Tell Isla. Isla. How are you doing? How are you doing? How's everything going for you? Everything is going well. Wonderful. All right, all right. Thank you for calling in. I know you wanted to give your own shout out to Dolores for her birthday and for Cinco de Mayo. Well, I just want to wish uh, Dolores, who is somebody that I absolutely look up to. I first had a chance to meet Dolores in Albuquerque. And then because of the beautiful relationship that she has with Secretary Delia Garcia, um, I have been able to get just a little bit closer to her. And Dolores, I just wanted to tell you that you are an inspiration to so many people. I think that history is going to show. It's not that Cesar did not have a lot to do. But the si se puede, era tuyo. Yeah. And um, you are the, the person that was always there, behind and in front of the scenes, silently and often not celebrated. And that is the story of so many amazing women. And um, I am just so proud that right now with this whole um, enlightenment of the work of women across our history, especially on this 100 year of the women's right to vote, that we are able to celebrate somebody like you that in my lifetime, not only do I have the privilege of saying that I knowing a living legend, but that my daughters have the privilege of saying that they know and love you as well. Thank you for your inspiration and for opening doors for people like Delia and myself to lead in our communities. Well, I want to thank you for your leadership also. And I understand that you are a candidate for one of the very important uh, positions over there in Kansas. Could, could, you, could, I, could you share that with us, Michelle? Of course, Dolores, you're so wonderful. I am the, the first Afro-Latina to ever run for elected federal office in the state of Kansas. Yes. I am running for Congress in the 2nd Congressional District, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to advocate for our Kansans to ensure that they have the things that they need advocated for with common sense, kindness, and empathy. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Well, we wish you all. We wish you all of the best. We definitely need very, very strong uh, women's leadership, and it's really great to have a, you know, person of color. And uh, hey, by the way, I heard that the vice president uh, Joe Biden is looking for a woman uh, to be <laughs> the vice president. <laughs> you know, when he when he when he's running for the presidency, as we know. But I hear you. Hey, so Michelle, you'd be, you'd be interested in that position. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to turn that down, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And this is what happens when you get on the phone with Dolores, right? Things just happen. <laughs> she calls you up and she calls you out and, you know, and when you just don't know what doors will open. Anything for Dolores. Anything like for Cynthia, anything for Dolores. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, ladies. Thank yeah. you, uh, Delia. But, Thank you, Michelle. But, but you know, I'll joke in the side, though, uh, uh, you know, it's really important that a lot of women and especially a lot of Latinos, and I know we do have a lot of Latinos there in Kansas, that uh, for them to really understand and take their responsibility seriously. Yes. I, I don't know what's happening over there, Delia and Michelle, Jackie, but over here in California, uh, because of all of the racism and all of the attacks on the Latino community, we are having a hard time getting our Latinos to cooperate with the census. Yeah. And it is so scary because we know that we're going to lose millions of dollars if people don't participate in the census, if they don't fill out their form and send it in, you know, or if they don't call in, if they didn't get a, a paper form, or they could call it in on their phone. And we're so worried about that. And I don't know what's happening over there in Kansas. Maybe Delia or Michelle or you, Jackie, might uh, be able to enlighten me a little bit to see what's going on over there in your area. Are you saying, are you yeah, we're absolutely... Yeah, we're absolutely doing work. Um, the mayor here, Michelle, is doing a, a, a profound work and powerful work at the local level. But at the state level, we've definitely been doing the CCC with the governor. Uh, and I will share that we actually have had a good return so far. We don't really want people to know that the deadline has been extended because we want them to keep, you know, uh, filling that out. But as people have been home, we've been trying to capitalize on that and um, have some fun with some Lotaria, uh, like a little, it's called Lotaria game, for people to uh, participate and share what they did, the census and questions they may have. Well, I want to give, uh, and she's being so humble, but Secretary Garcia has been instrumental at ensuring that every single Kansan, in especial los, los residentes de Kansas que hablan español, that they have an understanding that they count. Yes. Tu cuentas. And um, it's been inspiring to see her 
just working extra outside of her duties as the Secretary of Labor to reach out to a, a group of individuals that maybe never felt like they were important. And um, I want to thank Secretary Garcia for the amazing work that she does. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it makes a difference. It makes such a huge difference, you know, and 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 that translates into real dollars, real community support, which translates into, you know, more leadership, more representation and, and better, stronger communities. Yeah. And to get people like Michelle elected. Yes. People don't realize that if we were not counted, then especially people of color, then if, if we're not counted, they say, well, you don't need anybody to represent you. But if they see that there are large numbers of us, and they, then we can say, hey, we have to get somebody that looks like us yes. and that has our values to represent us. You know, and Dolores, one thing I love that you always talk about is, um, you know, we need women in office and we need feminists in office. And those are two different you know, adjectives because a person of any gender can be a feminist. That's Oh, yes, I love that. I love that. Yes, definitely. We know there's a lot of men out there that really care about women's values and support women's reproductive rights, support women's representation, and know that uh, women should not be dominated or discriminated or, and that, hey, we're not sex objects, right? So right. <laughs> we have to be treated like human beings. Yeah, I love that. I love that concept. Well, thank you, Michelle, and thank you, Delia, for making time in your busy days to to join us here on the line. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in the great state of Kansas. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Dolores, te quiero. Un abrazo. And Jackie, un abrazo. Yes, I love you both. Happy birthday, Dolores. Love you. Love you all. Bye. Thank you. Please please give my regards to Governor Kelly, okay, and tell her. That we're glad you get you. All, you all have a really great governor. We have a great governor in the state of California, and we need more governors and definitely more women governors and more feminist governors like uh, our governor Newsom here in California. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, Dolores, how many states have uh, made the pro- proclamation of Dolores Huerta Day? Well, right now we have four states. We have, uh, of course, uh, uh, California was the first one, and our governor Jerry Brown is the one that declared. Uh, uh, Dolores for today, and, uh, and it was one of our women legislators, uh, Luisa S. Gomez, uh, who actually introduced uh, the legislation here in California. And it, and then uh, we have uh, New Mexico uh, was uh, actually I think uh, Washington State I think was second, and then New Mexico, uh, and you know so we have those three states, and then Kansas mm-hmm. of course. Uh, there's a, a, a little sort of service state yeah. that they declared on these other ten. So, Which is uh, so right now we have a, a four, four governors. Yeah. So it's absolutely wonderful. I love it. I, I just want to say, too, you know, because we we're, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo, and when we're talking about things like the census, and, and we're talking about, uh, and, and we really haven't touched on this so much yet, but like for Michelle, we know that she can get elected if people actually go out there and vote. You know? Yes. So we, we've got to make sure that people vote. And when we saw that she put a mile, you know, it's a, uh, it's really uh, comes from uh, what they call the Batalla del Pueblo, a, 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 a battle that took place in Mexico, where it was the peasants actually in Mexico that de- defeated the French army. And in those mm-hmm. days, way back in those days, the French army was supposed to be uh, the best and the best armed and the best trained army in the whole world, you know. But yet it was the peasants of Mexico, including many of the women, yes. that actually defeated that army. And they didn't have the, the canyons and they didn't have the rifles and, and the bayonets that the French had. So they defeated the, the French army with their machetes, you know, mm-hmm. and their strategies that they used. And so when we think of that, that the power that the poor people had the campesinos, the peasants, and they were able to defeat this, this, this you know, very well-trained and superior uh, force. It, 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 but they did it just by, you know, having good strategies and coming together and having that commitment and courage to do it. And yet we see yes. so often we have so many people, women, uh, people of color, Latinos that are somehow afraid that yeah. they've let themselves be, be uh, uh, scared and dominated by some of these uh, forces that are always attacking yeah. uh, the Latino community. Dolores, that music, that, women. that music means we have to go to break, so we're going to come right back in just a few minutes. Okay. 
Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And we are back with the one and only national treasure, Dolores Huerta. Um, And I do have a special guest that I'm bringing on in just a moment. But first, I want to wrap up what you were saying just before we went to the break, Dolores. You were talking about how people of color and women have sort of had this uh, fear instilled in us um, that if we come into leadership, that if we step out and run for office, that there will be some retribution and and some punishment experience. And so can you just... You know, what, what has been your um, fix for that? What, you know, what have you f- found that works in, in shifting that uh, mindset? Well, I think that when we are attacked, uh, that we have to not be afraid to stand up for ourselves and, and to fight back. And when I say fight back, I don't mean that we have to copy, you know, the actions of the terrorists. You know, we have to, uh, you know, form our own allies and get our people together on our side. And uh, so that you know, we, we can be rational and uh, when, when we do a fight back with people, I mean, and we don't have to use aggressive language or swear or attack them in any way, you know, uh, we, can, we can just be, be as rational as we can and, and uh, as calm as we can uh, to be able to uh, and, and try to reason with people and we know that oftentimes uh, they won't agree with us or continue to attack us. But I think we just saw that recently when you saw these people that were attacking the governor of Michigan, you know, when she was trying to get people to stay home, and they were attacking her viciously, and she was very, very calm in in her response to them, and and kind of said to the nation, you know, look at people who are out here, they've got got guns, you know, they've got nooses, they've got Confederate flags, uh, kind of explaining to everybody what it looked like for those of those that couldn't see it, but to hear her words in the way that she was responding in a very, very calm way, in a very nonviolent way. Mm-hmm. And so I think we as women have that strength. Yes. You know, we do have that strength that we uh, have. We, we can be a lot calmer and we can have a, a lot more intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people will believe us. So, uh, But we do have to, uh, when we do, we do get attacked, that we, you know, we shouldn't just fold up and go away and go home, fold up right. our tents and go home. Right. You know, we've got to continue uh, to you know, stand up of what we believe in and think of ourselves as, as being teachers and, and, you know, trying to uh, do whatever we can uh, to make them understand on the other side, uh, you know, why things have to be different, why things have to change. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much for that, um, those inspirational words. So uh, I want to bring on our guest, Jessica Ayala, speaking of strong women, women with strength and intuition. Jessica, welcome to the Voices of Unity. <laughs> Buenos dias. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Buenos dias, Dolores. Jackie, thank you so much for um, having me be a part of the show today. Absolutely. Well, it was really important for me to bring you on because we've worked together. You are an amazing spoken word poet and, and so much more. Um, but that's how um, our, our paths sort of crossed. And you've done some work here with us at Unity and uh, some of our videos that we've produced. And um, and you have an amazing poem that features uh, my Aunt Dolores. And so I wanted you to come on and be able to give that gift to her as, as a birthday present. I love it. Feliz cumpleaños. You know, um, Senora Dolores, we, we share a birthday uh, somewhat. My birthday is on April 11th. Uh, so, birthday buddies. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, are my, oh, you know, my soulmate. It's a day for my queen. Yes, yes, it's a powerful day for powerful women. You know, one of my dearest friends um, and her wife had a baby on April 10th, right on the Uh, 90th birthday. So I'm like, this woman, this little girl is destined for greatness. So, yes, birthday buddies. I love it. I love I love it. It, Yeah, absolutely. Senora Dolores, it's a it's a pleasure to be on on the show today and to um, dedicate this poem to you. I actually thought about you when I wrote this poem. I thought about our gente, la lucha que sigue. Um, And here it goes. All right. When they ask about the word huelga, I tell them that it means to resist, to protect our grandmother tree of dignity and its branches of life, 
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Huelga means to halt. It means to dismantle. Huelga means to strike. It means to boycott. Huelga is for all of mis hermanos that rise before the sun meets, whose brown hands and small frames give us our daily foods to eat. Huelga is for every bracero hidden in the fields of our country. El sudor de tu frente blesses the rich and the hungry. Huelga por Dolores Huerta, nuestra reina de la lucha. With three biblical words, she transformed every aspect de la lucha. Huelga de los wages. No payments, no break times for one day, for this day, for right now, it be in our time. Well got accents who take your Happy Meal orders, who cut green grass along those state line borders, housekeepers who keep more than just houses, to the quiet ones behind you picking up after the masses. Huelga es por mis hermanos que trabajan de noche y día. Huelga por los niños refugios de Honduras un día. Huelga por Cesar Chavez, por Elvira Arellanos, Por los desaparecidos 43 hermanos. Huelga, because we're beautiful. Because our kind of gold, it don't crack. You see, we, we are the children of Tepeyac. Hechos de oro. Los que traen esperanza. Esa es mi bellísima raza. Huelga, huelga, huelga. Oh, that's so powerful, oh. so beautiful. Okay, let's give a big applause. Man. That was a beautiful, beautiful poem. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I feel like as a writer and as a poet, I have a responsibility to reflect the times that we live in. And even though I wrote that poem over 10 years ago, it's it's uh, astonishing and, and in a lot of ways inspirational, you know, to, to have the same sentiments of fight encourage in even today's day so thank you for being all that you are Senora Dolores and for continuing to be the light that guides and navigates our our culture and our path to to resistance and to to justice wow that is so powerful thank you so much and you know that when you were saying that poem it just reminded me of what uh, an incident that just happened uh, just uh, a few days ago uh, and this has to do with the pandemic that we're going through right now. <clears throat> and there were a group of workers, very workers, uh, up there on the coast of California. <clears throat> and one of the workers apparently was sick and was coughing, and everybody was worried if this person uh, had uh, been affected with the COVID-19 virus. And so they uh, asked the employer if they could be furnished with masks, if they could be protected, if this worker could be tested. And and so he refused. And so you know what they did? They all walked out of the field. And he said, we're not going to go back into the field until we can have masks, until we see if this one person looks like he might be sick, that we need to have him tested or taken to the the hospital or whatever. And the employer refused. So they just said, wait and they all walked out. They all walked out of the field. And they, they called me. And uh, they were asking, well, what can we do? And, uh, you know, so I gave them uh, the, the proper authorities that they could report to. But I think that that was courageous of them and uh, taking their health into their own hands. And this yes. is one of the things that we have seen uh, with the farm workers out here. And a lot of times people don't realize that farm workers are the frontline workers. Yes. And uh, they're out there working in the fields, and yet many of them uh, didn't get the protections that they needed. And like here in our area here, which is an agricultural area, 65% of the people that have been affected uh, with the COVID-19 virus are Latinos, 65%. Mm. So among those 65%, we know that many of them are farm workers because this is a farm worker area uh, that we have here in this, uh, in this uh, here in Kern County. It's an agricultural area, the Central Valley of California, where we live here. It really provides uh, all the fruits and vegetables uh, throughout the country. And so, uh, you know, these frontline workers are, are invisible to people. And when you yeah. see on the media that they salute the doctors and the nurses, and we know that they're doing, you know, that the very, very exposure, that frontline work. And uh, then we hear about the police and the firemen, yes. 
and the grocery clerks. But they say they forget the the really 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 fun line that the people that are out there picking are picking the fruits and vegetables for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica, so much for giving power to words and for your brilliant soul. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of today's show. Señora Dolores Huerta, que mi señor la siga bendiciendo. Bless you um, and all that you do, and, and you as well, Sister Jackie. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, Dolores. No thank you very much. And please write more poetry because that's, that is so oh, beautiful. Yeah. You write, yeah. you know, keep on writing that poetry. I'll connect you, I'll connect you to on Facebook so you can hear lots of her poems. They're beautiful and beautiful. Um, so, we have another caller, and um, it's my cousin Virgie. Dolores, you know my cousin Virgie. Virgie, are you on the line? Oh, I am. Hi. I'm, I'm, and I'm getting all choked up. It's just so so powerful. I love it. Thank you, Dolores, for sharing your inspiration and your strength with at a time we need it. Yes. Oh, thank you, Virgie. It's good to hear your voice. Oh, thank you, Dolores. Jackie, you're wonderful. Oh, thank you. You're just amazing. I'm proud to be your cousin. Oh, thank you so much. And me, you. And, you know, we, um, the three of us were, I'm pretty sure you were going to be at the Stockton celebration for the birthday. Yeah. And so we had um, April 11th. So the day after the official birthday, we were going to have a party in Stockton, which is, of course, your birthplace, Dolores. And, you know, we had... um, Oh, a sold out event. And, um, and of course, because of the pandemic, uh, we've had to postpone that party. So that's it's okay. We're going to have a bigger, we'll have a bigger celebration oh, yes. uh, later on in the year. You know, once this is a pandemic is over and everybody is safe and people can go out again and not to be worried about getting sick. Yes. Beautiful. And you know, it's, it's easy to celebrate you any day. So we will get together and have that party. Did you have a question or any uh, other comment, Virgie? No, I'm just, I'm oh. glad my daughter texted me to tell me yes. you were on oh, because good. I got caught up on my daily routine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I'm just so glad I tuned in. You know, we wanted to talk a little bit about the pandemic. And so you're also in California, you know, and so how has your daily routine been impacted by the pandemic? Uh, well, my daycare closed down. I had a home. Uh, preschool it's closed but I still have my foster children Mm -hmm. and um, we hunker down we're not going anywhere I order my groceries to Instacart Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's not a drive-through a drive up I'm not going so Mm -hmm. I have strict orders for my four daughters yes (laughs) and um, it's serious people are taking this uh, very lightly I see people lined up in at the banks and no mask I'm like what are they thinking yeah so it's, it's, it's a really scary. difficult time, yeah. And so, Dolores, you know, we were in D.C. We were at the event in March, March 4th, by Nancy Pelosi. Um, you know, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had a Women's Month celebration honoring uh, Dolores. And so many of our family members were there. Um, and this was just as COVID was really kicking up. But, you know, there were no shelter-in-place orders. You know, people were still flying, but it was like we were just in the unknown. Um, and then soon, like right after that, it just everything like started to lock down. So, Dolores, what you know, I know that had to impact your schedule, your travel schedule greatly. Um, and of course, being ninety, you know, you're in the high risk group. But it's you know, it's really hard for me to think of anything about you as being, you know, uh, risky. Other than you know, if I were maybe a politician in the Capitol building, I might feel like you're risky. <laughs> you know, risky behavior, but, um, you know what, so how have you altered your, um, you know, your schedule and, and your activity? Oh my goodness. We've been zooming. I call it zooming from morning till night. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. You know, the work has actually been heavier and, uh, because we, every minute has been yes. tied up with, a uh, you know, phone conference calls and webinars and zoom meetings and, oh my God, it's just been, uh, it's been pretty, pretty, pretty intense, actually. Yeah. Very, very intense. At least with when I traveled, I had time on the airplane where I could read and uh, right. you know, catch up a little bit. But, but I, I don't miss it. I'm really happy that I was able to stay home for these last three months. I, I you know, we're coming right back. Exactly, Jackie, when we were all together with, with the Speaker Pelosi in the Capitol building, and we had this wonderful, wonderful uh, reception with all of these uh, wonderful oh, yeah. congresswomen that came to join us. And, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we saw Alejandra Cortez. Uh, yeah. you know, we saw her. We saw 
Uh, of course, not only being there with the speaker with Pelosi, uh, but uh, other great people. Adam Schiff was the, you know, came by, one of the leaders of the Democratic Party. And we had all of these wonderful people that came uh, to visit us. And so it was just so great to see that. So, uh, and, and to be able to, to celebrate that. But you know, that reminds me that we have, you know, um, Pelosi is putting together a, uh, a whole new uh, uh, package. And uh, so we want people to support her. And so people that are on the phone, if they hear us, especially we're working on trying to increase the uh, child tax credits uh, for poor people all over the country. And so if people can help support that, that would be so great. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, and Virgie, I think you would agree, especially as someone who works with young children, that this is really a time, you know, because of this pandemic, that we can learn to care for each other in a better way. And, and that, you know, we have to rise above party lines to do that, to make that happen. Absolutely. And it's all about the children. We have so yeah. many children right now, that, as you know, that are being homeschooled. Yeah. And, you know, in the rural areas, I'm sure this is true in Kansas as it is in California, where our kids do not have uh, the, the computers that they need, uh, the, you know, the tablets, or they don't have the, uh, the, uh, the broadband, uh, so that oftentimes, they, even if they, if they can get a computer, they're not able to uh, really be able to, to uh, participate in the online classrooms the way that they should. So if this pandemic has really yeah. hit our, our minority communities and our rural communities very, very hard. Well, and it's, um, you know, really put a spotlight on the gaps that we have and the opportunities we have to, to do better by our children and, and by those, you know, who are marginalized in our society. So thank you, Virgie, for calling in. We have another caller. I love you. Give big hugs and loves, you know, from a distance to, to all my cousins. Love you so much. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Love you. Love you, Dolores. Okay. Virgie, stay well. Okay, stay well. You too. Good to hear you <laughs> thank you. And our next caller is also someone you know well from here in Kansas, and that's my dear friend, Valerie. Valerie, are you on the line? I am. I'm here. Hey, Valerie, how are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm good. I'm so glad to hear you today. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let me ask you a question. I I guess this has really affected your theater performances. Are you uh, able to perform Uh, right now? I think that we are are not. Oh my gosh! It's been um, we closed on March the well March the sixteenth was our last show, and um, luckily Theater League has been supporting some or, you know with some assistance to our actors in Kansas City. But wow, this is we just don't even see a foreseeable future, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, in the immediate future, you know. Uh, I know it will come back, but wow. <laughs> I mean, well, when are people going to want to be together in a in a theater to watch a show, you know? Well, I think it will happen soon. Actually, in California, they're talking about uh, opening up, uh, starting actually uh, here in California. They're talking about opening up this weekend. Uh, really? In our, in our area, we won't because we've just had so many, so many illnesses, and they keep every we're up to over a thousand right now oh, right here in right. Kern County. And uh, so, I think we'll be one of the last areas. But uh, some of the areas where people have been more careful, I think they are going to start opening up soon. So you can start creating some new plays there around the pandemic right. gallery. <laughs> there you go. I, well, I've been uh, we've been working on doing um, one about you actually. So Danny Cox and I have talked about um, some songs for that, and I, we've been rehearsing kind of on Zoom and things like that on some different things. So I think it is a time of creativity and discovering some new ways of making our our art until we can all be together, you know. <laughs> One thing I well, – yeah. Go ahead. Once you start, once you start performing again, please come back to California. I still remember that incredible place that you did here. Yeah. And we all had so much fun. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh! I know we sure did. I have that picture. I think I that was one of the highlights. All of us dancing up there and just oh, it's just pure joy. I'll do it. Maybe we'll bring a uh, another show out there. Uh, Oh, like Monarch or, you know, Fair Ball or something about the Negro Leagues and the Mexican Leagues, you know, baseball. Maybe we'll bring that out. <laughs> um, 
Um, oh, yeah. I, wanted, I was in Atlanta with Aaron, you know, uh, Hank, what's his name? Hank Aaron, you know, he was one of the guys. Yeah. Most, and I told him about your play. And I and every year, uh, and I said they probably didn't have it this year, but every year they have a celebration of uh, minorities in baseball. And I told yeah. them about your play. And, uh, you know, I suggested to them that they bring you out there. So maybe uh, when they come back to, you know, things come back to normal, that you can take the play over there because it's such a great play. Thank you. I will. I will uh, follow up with that. You know, in in this time, I I wanted to ask you, because I am proud to be a Kansan, and I do think we have really made some strides politically to um, make a difference. Uh, with um, and a lot of your friends, and um, but as as a unity member, we are to be like the peace in the world that goes forward in the world. And beyond this pandemic, we've got a lot of misinformation and an administration that I feel out of sync with my values. And so I would love to hear from you. What are what do you think we need to do this? year this specific year for to um um to make this next during this election year honestly to to get to us all to come together a little bit more in peace and get our administration on a, on more of an alignment with that in the world kind of what well, i wanted I think, to ask you <laughs> well i think we need to get people to speak up and people to get involved and i think uh one of your areas is one of the uh, big important areas uh, you know, to get people to get out there. Uh, and kind of, I, I talked a little bit earlier about erasing the ignorance, and that's what we do uh, with our foundation when we, uh, you know, when we organize people, because so many of them, they get their values. Of, a lot of times, but unfortunately, it's not like, like your group, uh, Reverend Jackie Fernandez, mm-hmm. but you get a lot of the uh, Catholic mm-hmm. priests that are very anti-women, mm-hmm. anti-LGBT, mm-hmm. and so we have to kind of erase those uh, that ignorance from people. And so I think, you know, getting out there and educating people, motivating them, making them understand why it's important for them to vote, uh, this is what's important. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, and, we'll you know, it. and I think what we have in common, too, is that <laughs> the the method of nonviolence, right, of, you know, bringing um, – more of what we want in the world forward. So, you know, and that's what your work is, Dolores, is is training people, you know, to to be leaders, to be community leaders, and whether that's at the level of, um, you know, the PTA or PTO or, you know, or if that's, you know, running for public office or if that's, you know, getting neighborhood groups together or even getting groups together, like friend groups and holding each other accountable for voting and for completing the census and, and things like that, that they're different there's a um at whatever level you want to outpicture more peace and more um uh, you know inclusivity in the world you can do that and i think you know i think that really is something that both in unity we we effort to do and and also that's really at the core of your work dolores wouldn't you agree I think you said it all, Jackie, in a very beautiful way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I've you know, I I could say you know, si se puede before I knew my alphabet, and, and you know, so this is you know something by virtue of being in your family, you know, um, that I've you know grown up with this mindset, and and it's tremendous. It's a tremendous legacy that um, you know that not only that you give to the nation and to the world, but you know to our family, and you know, and by the way, we have a lot of artists in our family, and we talk about this you know quite often. There's there's so much creativity and value mentioned that this is a time for creativity and you know so I I just think that that um you know that mindset that creative mindset is um you know so important to the process of bringing uh, a better future and which means we're bringing a better now you know into the world well that that's uh that's very very beautiful that you say that that and uh I think that what you stand for uh, when you talk about unity and, you know, bringing people together, caring about each other. Uh, And the way that I think that this pandemic has really taught people that the one good way that we can all help each other is by just staying home. Yeah. And that shows that we do do care about other people. But then if we can uh, take that same uh, um, method, that same message, and say, okay, now we're going to care about people because we're all going to all get together and make sure that we register, register to vote. And if we vote, then we get good people elected uh, so that then we can continue uh, to care for each other and make sure that everybody is treated equally 
the people have the type of living wage that they need to sustain themselves and get rid of all of these stupid discriminations uh, that so affect us and, and that divide us. Yes, absolutely. And and I want to say before, because we're almost at the end of our time, DoloresHuerta.org is where you're going to want to go to learn more about um, the programs and the work and what's, you know, what's um, the focus of the foundation and also to to give and to support and, you know, to contribute um, financially because, you know, all foundations need that kind of um, support. And, you know, and so I would just, if, if you're listening to Voices of Unity and if you can give $9, if you can give $90, if you can give $900, I invite you to go to DoloresWertha.org and contribute to this, you know, si se puede mindset to this effort and, and to the work that, um, that is your legacy. And, you know, I, I just have so much gratitude for who you are in the world and for who you are in our family. And I love you so much, Tia, and so grateful for you to be on the show today. Thank you. And we're going to have an online birthday party. And yes. uh, so, you know, Virgie and Jackie, Delia, yes. Michelle, everybody out there in Kansas, uh, we want to invite you all to join us. And it's going to be on May 30th at 6 p.m. May 30th at 6 p.m. We will be there. And you had um, you had a, a parade on your birthday, right? Yes, people. But you you sat and everyone just did like a, a drive by in their cars and waved and all of that. I saw that on Facebook. All right, so thank you so much. That music means we are out of time. Thanks for calling in, Val. And I always invite oh, my listeners you. to tune in and tune thank up you, in spirit. Until next time, thank you, thank you, Dolores. Thank you so much. Love you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tollison. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.